You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. Give Jordan Love that same support that Aaron had um, when Brett had took over. I understand and I see from a fan standpoint how influential y'all can be. It's a strong, powerful fan base. Y'all got to give him that same slack you gave Aaron because it's going to be a rough season. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. We are rolling on our two, Rutledge and Hamilton. I'm Matt Hamilton, the lovely Molly Brown alongside me. We got Hunter Vaughn running the ones and twos. Again, this is Rutledge and Hamilton brought to you by Coors Light. Molly, if the mountains are blue, you know what to do. Nice crushing Coors Light. What is happening here? Dang straight. That was the voice of <laughs> WBA winning executive producer, lead powerhouse host of the Great Dane Huddle, Alex Strofe, everybody. Alex was just in Indianapolis at the Big Ten Media Days, and we just could not wait to pick his brain because he had some great interviews with some superstar Badgers, and that's what we wanted to get into, Alex. That's why we brought you here. That's why I'm setting up this this segment, and I'm just going to get right into it. How was chatting with Braylon Allen? How excited did he seem for this upcoming season? Well, speaking of lead powerhouse host, Jesus, <laughs> what is going on here? Uh, you're coming in with a bang. I think uh, he's having a heat stroke. I'm not going to yeah, lie. It's pretty hot out here I today. I did just get cracked in the head by the uh, pop-up sign. <laughs> Heat stroke, all sorts of things going on. Yeah, I, I, I thought Molly was leading today's show when I've been listening. Anyway, um, <laughs> chatting with Braylon Allen was great. Uh, the guy is juiced up. He, uh, he he revealed a few fun things, including that he he has great. I saw we also talked to Mon Green, former Packers running back, wow. and they were they were dapping it up and having some conversations. So that's why I wanted to have Mon Green on to talk about their relationship. But then Braylon later revealed. The, the conversations he has with current NFL running backs, including, of course, another Wisconsin guy, Jonathan Taylor. But he said he's the closest with Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry because they, uh, that's have, what they have a similar mind. body build. And oh. they, they talk all the time about workouts and how to stay fresh and, and, and get ready for the football season. Recovery. So, in terms of guys and wanting to wanting to be a good running back for a long time, it seems like Braylon Allen's picking the right brains. Oh, my goodness. Like, Derrick Henry might be my favorite running back to watch in the NFL right now just because he makes everyone around him look like a child. Yeah. And that's kind of what Braylon does on the Badgers. So I, I don't think he could have picked a better role model, mentor, buddy to pick his brain. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it, Derrick Henry's a great choice for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strove, so what was – Okay, I have. Am I being interviewed? What are you doing? You are doing? totally being yeah, we're interviewed. interviewing you. I have questions about the media day. Sure. I have questions about just so much stuff. Like, did you were you able to attend PJ Fleck, Jim Harbaugh, all their stuff? How did that work? Yeah, so I was I was at all of uh, all of the ones you mentioned. I didn't go to everybody's, but I I mean they were Bielema? all in the same room, right? So it's all on, it's all on the floor. I talked to Bielema talking off about the, the side a little bit. Tooth fairy? Um, but I, I missed whatever you're quoting there. But oh. so the setup there is it's on the floor of Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. The back left corner of one of the end zones is the big ass stage where each coach does their 15 minute long press conference on either Wednesday or Thursday, and then off to the left. There is 10 individual podiums where each coach will do 
a separate 45-minute session, and each player would do a 30-minute session at those smaller podiums. So I, I attended PJ Fleck's big one on the big stage where he talked for 15 minutes straight. I think he was trying to avoid questions. Um, he went <laughs> he went into how the allegations that were put out in that report by front office sports earlier this week were baseless. He listed seven other avenues that student-athletes could take in regards to issuing complaints or, or anything related uh, to the program that they would be anonymous. And he said zero complaints have been filed. That Those avenues called the claims baseless. He was very energetic, but then he got to a point in his press conference where his hands went to the podium, his face looked directly down, and he was reading something verbatim. And then he went back to being the boisterous PJ Fleck we all know with the hand motions and the loud, <laughs> uh, you know, the loud words. And so that one was awkward. I do so it's like a, me doing a live read. I do have a story for you, though. <laughs> Regarded to, related to Jim Harbaugh, which was like, which was my highlight of media day, and I have not told this on the air yet. So yesterday afternoon, I went into one of the bathrooms, um, you know, in, in one of the corner tunnels at, at Lucas Oil Stadium, and I went in there. Uh, you know, I, I wrap up. My, I was number one and uh, there was only one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Thank you for the info. <laughs> well, it, What's it's, that? it's important information. Hold on. So I want to know who you were number one. Th- there's, there's only one stall. Um, in this in this said bathroom, and as I'm as I'm uh, you know put, pulling my pants back up, putting the belt on, the, the door flies open. And, Are they like down to your knees? Uh, I'm just putting my belt like I'm tightening my belt. Back. Okay. Like a yeah, yeah. yeah. Pants are pull my pants, pants back up. Pants go to the ankle at the urinal yeah. for me. Yeah. So shirt goes up to the chin. Like you're doing like a like a lift, right? Exactly, you got it. Perfect. So okay. anyway, so I'm, I'm walking over to wash my hands, and the uh, the the stall door flies open, and uh, this man walks to the walks to the sink, quickly rinses, and then walks out. Shortly thereafter, this man walks back in. And goes over to the paper towel dispenser, which is just, there's just one of them in this bathroom. He puts his phone on top, and I'm going to reach for paper towel, and it's very awkward because he's standing in front of it. So I say, excuse me, sir, uh, and and grab a paper towel. And this guy then rips out a a ginormous tin of grizzly wintergrain and packs (laughs) packs half the tin, I would bet, in his lower lip. And the man I'm referring to is Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. So th- this wow. guy, this guy throws a chaw in, and I open, I hold the door for him. And, and the way this bathroom is set up is that, there, so you're kind of in a private room after you leave the bathroom before you go out and, and exit back into the tunnel. So I tried to hold the second door for him to go back into the stadium, and he's like, "No, I'm good." As like there's four <laughs> Michigan media guys waiting outside the door for him. So he just like had a, had a chaw on his lip and was scrolling Twitter um, and try, trying to catch his breath. It, it seemed like so that's my Jim Harbaugh story from the media weekend. Were you starstruck at all? Well, I mean, he tried to open a door that he didn't want to go out <laughs> no. for him. So that's a little starstruck. I, I, I wasn't starstruck. I figured I'd be polite. It was you I, wouldn't have done I, that. I, for I was me. more. I was more shocked that yes, I would. Uh, oh. I was. I was more shocked that he wasn't wearing khakis. He was actually wearing black slacks. Oh, uh, which was which was off brand for Jim Harbaugh. But uh, that's the story. I love it. That's pretty good. Uh, Strofe appreciates that tidbit. I want to get more into some of these badgers and so actually the Amon Green thing. Yeah, that's very cool. excites me a lot. Like did did Amon get into anything of like what he's been telling Braylon or like what did you get into with Amon Green? Yeah, we, we went twenty five minutes with Amon Green. Yeah. I asked for fifteen, we went twenty five. So it was a really good conversation. We talked a little bit about Nebraska. Obviously, Amon Green won two national championships during his time in the late 90s at Nebraska. Now working for Nebraska Radio in Lincoln, does a sports talk show out there. 
Um, and so we, we talked a little bit about Matt Rule, who is obviously going to Nebraska as, as in, a, in his first year as the head coach for the Cornhuskers. Then we talked, of course, about, as he mentioned, Braylon Allen and, and Blake Corum from Michigan, two guys he's working with. He always just offers his services to younger running backs, right? Like what it's like to, to be in the league. And, and obviously, Amon Green had a really nice career. So uh, their relationship is just starting is kind of what he said. He ran into him at St. Elmo's Steakhouse in Indianapolis the night prior. And that was the All first right. time he had met Braylon Allen in, per- in person. And Thursday, yesterday was the second time. Talked a little bit about that and how he helps younger running backs. But then we talked a ton about Jordan Love and the Packers and the Super Bowl run in 2010. Amon Green actually told a story that I had never heard. In 2010, when, um, when Ryan Grant went down with an injury, obviously that was the postseason where James Starks broke out. But Amon Green was on that 09 team and wasn't brought back in 2010. But in December of 2010, he sat down in the late general manager Ted Thompson's office and asked him to bring him back. And Ted said, well, I'll put you on the list and ultimately never brought Amon Green back for that Super Bowl run. But uh, I think we need to start a petition that Amon Green deserves a Super Bowl ring. Oh, that's fun. That's a fun story. It's a good story. I mean, it's James Starks, but, you know. Uh, last thing for me, Strofe, how about um, Luke Fickle? What did he have to say? Yeah, I think the big one that, that everybody took and ran with was the fact that he said the expectations every year he is a head coach of a program is to win a national championship, right? Year, I think he said year one, two, three, four, and five, the expectation is to keep compete for a championship. And uh, what, what he defines a successful team as is a team that is playing their best ball at the end of the season and is competing for a conference championship. So uh, those expectations, unlike Matt LaFleur, have not been tampered for Luke Fickle in his first year as the head coach of the Badgers. He viewed this as a championship team and he talked a lot about how players have that Wisconsin feel right they understand what Wisconsin football means he says I've only been here a few months and Tanner Mordecai the new quarterback has been here even shorter but that guy bleeds Wisconsin Cardinal and white so I love that Uh, you know he he talks about he thanked every head coach by name including Paul Christ and Jim Leonard he even thanked Gary Anderson for laying the foundation of what Wisconsin football is obviously Uh, also thanked Bielma and Barry Alvarez by name uh, during his big media session. But look, the guy's a badass. We, we've known this since he was hired. We, we've right. known he was probably the sexiest uh, outside of maybe other than Deion Sanders at Colorado, the sexiest head coaching <laughs> hire this, this college football offseason. So the expectations are high, and Luke Fickle certainly not tampering them whatsoever. That that You're right. That is exciting, especially seeing as how our pack, their Wisconsin football counterparts in the Packers – Seem to be tamper, uh, tampering expectations just a little bit. Kind of gets me into our poll question today, Alex. I want your opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Me and Molly did a little game at Tinder time. Completely opposite of the way you would w- have wanted to run it. <laughs> it. Had nothing to do with Twitter like usual. Tinder, <laughs> or not Tinder. Tinder. Yeah. Tinder. Well, Twitter's dead. So no swiping? <laughs> so no swiping. It was just win or loss. Did anyway. you say Twitter's dead as you were reading me a poll question you posted on Twitter? Uh, X. He did. Post on X. Oh, I got you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he's going with um, this. So, London roll. Uh, we we did this uh, our Tinder time, and Molly had the Packers at eight and nine. Mm-hmm. I had the Packers at six and eleven. We're asking, who is more likely to be right? What do you think? Uh, I think Matt is more likely to be right. I think this Whoa. is going to be a, a interesting season. I, that, I, I still don't think we're going to get a huge answer on Jordan Love. Like, that's not a bold prediction. It's just yeah. what I think is going to happen. He's going to have some up moments. He's going to have some down moments. And we're still going to leave this season thinking, yeah, we don't really know what he is, right? Like, you look down south of Chicago. They have a good feeling about Justin Fields. The highs he's shown are awesome. 
But remember, that's a team that won three games last year. So right. I, I think this is a team that could go five and twelve, six and eleven, seven and ten, and you're still thinking, yeah, Jordan Love showed showed us some things. I like what I saw when it was really good, but there was also some really bad throws, bad mistakes. So I, I think Matt's probably that six and eleven is, is right around where I think they're going to end up. Wow. Here's the scary part, Strofe, is I had them at six and eleven, but I had them starting the season three and zero. Yeah, that's not happening. They're not going to beat the Saints. They might be the Bears week one, but we got them again. It was the Bears win, Falcons uh, and Saints. Falcons win, Saints win, and I almost gave them the win over. What was it the Raiders? Yeah, no. No, who's, who's their fourth who's game? week four? I almost. I, had I them only have. Lions? I only have the first three games memorized. So yeah, I, I, I almost had them at four. No, it might have been the Lions. He has them getting swept by the Lions. I do have them getting swept by the Lions this season. Though. Look, I, look. I, I, I'm not trying to sit here and tell you Molly's optimism is incorrect. Right, eight nine is is still <laughs> Whoa, doable. Molly and optimism in one sentence. Yeah, yeah. I never thought it, I'd hear yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I mean, I never thought Aaron Rodgers would be a Jet, but here we are. So <laughs> eight, eight nine is. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a good season a year ago. Right, and they went eight nine. I mean, obviously, they needed to win a couple games at the end of the year, which they ended up doing. But, but eight nine's not, not out of the question. I, I think right. I think double digits is where you're getting into way too optimistic territory. But if, if Jordan Love and this offense hums, which I don't think it will, in, in year number one with a, with a brand new starting quarterback and a lot of inexperience in the pass catchers at wide receiver and tight end, but I don't think that's completely bananas eight and nine i just think it's probably closer to that six and eleven range with a guy that just hasn't played a lot of football in the last couple of years that's a very good point alex thank you for joining us because i started this segment i'm gonna end this segment this is rutledge and hamilton presented by coors light at the greater madison golf show at lake windsor golf club take care be good you're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. We have one objective, and that's to play for a championship. I don't think that'll ever change, whether it's year one, year two, three, four, or five. Um, that's what our objective is. And then you'd say, then I'll tell our guys as we start camp here next week that Nobody outside of our team, nobody outside of the walls to which the guys that are there every single day that have everything invested will define what success looks like for us. That was Luke Fickle from Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. Our buddy Strofe was there. He just came and recapped a little bit of it. I love that. Truth bomb. Nobody outside our building is going to define success for us. That is a good quote. That's great. It's a very, like, good graphic quote, you know, when we make those graphics that <laughs> try to get fans hype and all that. You pulling the curtain back for the fans here a little bit, Molly? Sound graph, yeah, yeah. as Tausch would say. Yeah, that's a sound graph. Great. Yeah, great. <laughs> but, like, how much do you believe it? I Well, I believe that Fickle it, believes what he says. Here's the thing. Players are still going to look to the outside and see what the media is saying. Whether it's East Badger team, sky's the limit, or they're saying, you know what, there's too much hype behind this new coach. This team hasn't had a quarterback. There's no reason to think that they have one now with this new transfer. Like They'll see the news, good or bad, outside it. Fickle saying, inside this building, the expectations that the coach set for you are the only expectations you need to be 
you as a player need to be concerned with. Okay. So, like, I think the players are still going to see it and hear it, but I don't necessarily think that they're buying in because Fickle, that attitude and that energy, how do you not rally behind something like that? So when he says, what we tell you is what we expect of you, and we set expectations and we set, like, the bar for success, I think people rally behind that. See, so, like, me as a fan of the Badgers, I feel like I'm kind of, like, tiptoeing towards excitement. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to just dive in and say, yeah, Fickle's here. He's going to crush it. He's changing the right. program. Badger's going to be awesome. They're going to be lighting it up on the field. They're going <laughs> to use something other than a running back. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there. Right. I, I wish I was, but I'm just – I'm excited for the season. I'm looking forward to the changes, but I'm not necessarily like rallying behind Fickle because he says we're playing for a championship. Anything less is a disappointment type vibe, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, no, I, I get it. And I guess the difference there is like I've got this athlete mentality. Mm -hmm. So when I hear a coach say that, like a lot of these players, I'll go through a wall for that guy. Like if they get me excited like that and – I say it as a fan, but I'm also the fan that says we won the game or we lost the game. So Fickle's my coach, essentially, <laughs> ipso facto. So it gets me excited when I hear my coach telling me championship or bust. I set expectations for success. I set expectations for you and what you're going to prove on the football field. Uh, it just gets me ready to go. And I talked about it earlier. I start at 100% hope and excitement and just let <laughs> – the game just slowly chip away at that hope or or let it maintain that high 100% hope kind of vibe. I so I love that you brought up the idea that you're a professional athlete. Yes, like you have this athlete's mentality. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious in so many different things, but I want to start out with the outside noise. Yeah. You won the Olympics in 2018. Yep. You went back 2022. Totally different outcomes. Yep. Like after the 2018 Olympics and heading into the most recent ones, like, were you, like, I'm sure there were stories being written about, oh, my gosh, are they going to do it again? Are they going to get another gold for the States? Right. Like, all this. Were you reading those articles? Were you Googling Matt Hamilton? Were you Googling oh, Team Schuster <laughs> heading into it? Like, seriously. No. I don't know what that, what that, what fe like, feels like, obviously, you know? So, like, what was, for you, what was your mindset going into that? Yeah, so going into 2018, uh, Schuster had a couple bad showings at uh, the 2010 and 2014 Olympics. So we actually kind of decided we were going to do like a little media blackout. Mm. Because in 2010, when social media just started taking off, everybody was a keyboard <laughs> warrior and John Schuster got eviscerated. Oh, really? Yeah, like some of the most savage things I've ever <laughs> seen on social media. John Schuster was the butt of that joke. So we thought... Let's try to avoid that kind of thing. I definitely got a little flack because I started that 2018 Olympics with my sister. Mm -hmm. Not ideal. I think we went three and six. No, it was only uh, eight, seven games. We must have went two and five then. Move. Not a good showing, right? Hopefully so, the Packers do better than that. Yeah, hopefully the Packers <laughs> do better than that. So I already kind of felt like I hit rock bottom. So yeah. I thought there was nowhere to go but up. So I went ahead and looked at social media in 2018 uh, because I already felt the sting of not being successful at the Olympics uh, in that mixed double session. So, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things, like, you can make, like, a team rule and you can talk about it, but nobody can, tr can control what you're going to do on your cell phone. 
Mm -hmm. Like when you walk away and you're taking your own time, players are going to look at it. Not all of them, but there's going to be players that are curious of what's being said. So uh, Fickle's got to really keep the focus of this whole crew moving forward. Like that, those are distractions that like break focus. And yeah. what Luke's trying to do is say, don't let them get into your head. They're not setting expectations for you. You might have a guy like, like Greenberg saying that Braylon Allen is going to be the best running back in the in the league this year. He's going to set records, and that very well may be true. But you don't want that getting into Braylon's head. Like you want coach to tell Braylon what he's capable of, and let let uh, coach set that bar to let Braylon smash through that that goal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You don't need the outside media telling him what the expectation is. And I think that's what Luke Fickle's trying to get across. And that's something that I find very admirable in the coach. So I know that you said that you would run through a brick wall for a guy like Luke Fickle if you're hearing the things that he's spitting out yeah. at the media, right? But, like, as an athlete, do you actually believe it? I know I've talked to Chris Orr about this. Like, he says that he would enter every single game being like, we can win this. We're right. going to win. Like, of course, you're not going to go in, yeah, we're going to lose. Like, we right. suck, whatever. But, like, do you actually believe a guy that's saying this? Do you actually believe a guy that's coming in after Paul Chris, the way that he has left had the this, left, had the seasons in the years past, like, happen? Do you actually believe that this guy is going to come in and you're actually playing for a championship against all of those SEC teams, against Michigan, against Ohio State? Like, do you actually believe that you're going to be competing for that same title? So maybe not necessarily in year one. I think there's a good chance that the Badgers are in the mix near the end of the season into the uh, like Big Ten championship kind of uh, time of year. I think they'll be in the mix or at least have a shot at that. That being said, Luke Fickle is talking the talk with this, but he showed during recruiting that he can also walk the walk. We are getting, we have recruits, like our quarterback room, it, we've never seen anything like this. 2024, we have three four-star quarterbacks. We have only ever had one four-star quarterback recruited. And how did that work? Wisconsin, and that was Graham Mertz. Yeah, how did so, that work out? Not great, but it's nice so to have a those variety meet? of picks now. Instead of one three-star or four-star, thinking that was the answer, we can pick from three of them. So that gives me hope. It's like that a buffet. It's a buffet of talent that the Badgers have brought in here. Luke Fickle's talking the talk, but he's also walking the walk. That, to me, is why I think Badger fans and Badger players are really excited to play with him. Also, Molly, even if you do think that there are any doubts, there is a big thing to be said to fake it till you make it. If you sure. buy in, even just externally, you might believe it inside, but if you're showing that you believe it and your teammates see that and they also do it when you see your teammates and people you respect buying in it helps you to buy in even if you might not think it's all the way there so he's got that team culture where everyone is buying in so whether they all believe it 100 percent or not they're showing it to their teammates and that's what's going to motivate everybody to get better and move forward so i think Luke's got a really good idea of how to get these Badgers in a really good mental space going into week one. Like I said, I feel like I'm just still tiptoeing around the program, tiptoeing around my excitement. I mean, you heard excitement. what I said. I said maybe 10 wins, including the bowl game. Chimre DK said that might be a bit low. <laughs> so I like hearing that from Chimre. I like hearing this from Luke Fickle. I'm pumped. Badger season, going to be exciting. I, I think it will be exciting. I think it's going to be fun to see just a breath of fresh air in the program. Like, 
see what new innovative ideas they can come up with, yeah. all that good stuff. I think that is exciting. But I just, when you say walk, the, that you think he's walking the walk because he's recruiting and all that, I am going to consider him walking the walk and talking the talk. When we start getting dubs. When we see it on the field. Okay, What are we going to see different on the field? Fair enough. And I'm looking forward to it, but mostly. There we go. We'll throw some stones next. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light live from the Greater Madison Golf Show at Lake Windsor Golf Club. We'll throw some stones next. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. One thing I miss since having a baby, I was kind of just making my list the other day of the various things that I miss doing that I can just do on a whim. <laughs> number one. This is going to be well, really good advice for me. Okay, number two is going to the movies. Just being able to go. You know, Barbie and Oppenheimer, right. they just came out. Everybody was like, yeah, I'm going. I was like, I'm not. I'm going to wait till it comes out on Prime. You know what I mean? <laughs> the second thing, going to the casino. I miss just being like... Let's go to the casino. Let's go Let's win be a some winner. money. Yes. Let's go be winners at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. You can be a winner at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison tomorrow for their Kabooming Cash. Saturday, July 29th. Can't believe it's the 29th already. That's crazy. From 2 to 5 p.m., four winners every half hour can win between $500 and $3,000 cash by playing in their puck drop puck drop game. You can earn entries until the 29th. You get one free entry, each one additional entry for every 50 points earned on your rewards club card. Go take advantage of that. I wish I could, but sadly, I cannot just go to a casino with a baby. Maybe if I just strap him in, you know? Yeah, maybe. Might be frowned upon. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. You want to be that lady just chilling at the slots with a baby on her chest, ripping that handle down, hoping to win it big? You, hey, I'm just trying to afford diapers here. You know what I mean? Diapers, college. You got a bunch of stuff to look forward to. Molly Ten, over $10 million won. You should get a piece of that. Insane. Molly Brown and Matt Hamilton live from the Greater Madison Golf Show. We're out here with our friends Coors Light. Matt, when the mountains are blue, you know what to do. And that's crush a delicious Coors Light on a 95-degree day with high humidity. Very hot. <laughs> Let's throw some stones. The guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. All right. At this point, everybody knows how this game goes. Uh, the producers of this show, whether it's Strofe or Wooly or... G or myself, we spend way too much time on the internet and go through whether it's X or TikTok and have some questions for you guys. So this first one, I have to credit this to the guys over at Barstool Sports because they're the ones that came up with this, but I needed to ask. If you didn't see, there was a retired U.S. Air Force major who testified before Congress and he said aliens are real and we have deceased aliens but what, what i want to know we have alien biology yes alien biology just, i think it's alien bodies just sitting in like an but alien also morgue? could mean yeah, like, like Area microbes from the moon no no it these could. are actual alien bodies matt let he me said, 
alien biology. <laughs> Let me dream, Matthew. <laughs> okay, okay. But I want to know if, like, we find out that aliens are real and then we start kind of using them the same way we use, like, cows and chickens, would you eat <laughs> aliens, Molly Brown? Would you eat them? <laughs> Absolutely not. I won't even eat salmon. I won't eat... What, what are other things that I eat? I barely have gotten into eating shrimp. I won't Crap. eat fish, really. That sounds disgusting. No, thank you. <laughs> I ate lamb for the first time like a couple months ago. No, not happening. I'm not eating aliens. However, aliens are real. So I do believe that this... Well, I don't know about this thing. I haven't looked into this whole you? thing. Uh, aliens potentially could eat me, or we could just be BFFs. <laughs> and then it would just be like cannibalism, and that'd be weird. So no, I will not be partaking in alien festivities. Here's the thing. I'm a human. I've got a smooth lizard, bra lizard brain. Alien, the other white meat. I'm definitely eating alien if I have the opportunity. I am, like, raised. My lizard brain says conquer and dominate. You are the top of the food chain. Alien comes here. You are going to end up on my smoker. Don't mess with Earth. Wait, so <laughs> what is the weirdest meat that you've ever eaten? Um, Cat? Alligator, kangaroo, horse. Alligator's delicious. Probably the couple weirdest ones I've ever eaten. Oh, okay. Horse was raw. Ew. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was in weird. Japan. Horse, it was horse sashimi. Horse what? Sashimi. So, oh. like, you, yeah, it's just like a raw piece of meat. That's disgusting. A little dip in the corner of soy sauce. It was surprisingly good. It was. It's a specialty in Nagano, Japan. Um, so it was just, like, regional. So I had to try it since I was in the region. Huh. Brag, I went to Japan. Yeah, I know. Seriously, cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. What's next? Next, I need to take you through a series of events that happened today. At 8.53 <laughs> a.m., uh, the Green Bay Packers wished linebacker Jonathan Garvin a happy birthday. So cool. That's a nice thing for them to do. So sweet. At 11.52 a.m., the Packers announced that they have released Jonathan Garvin. <laughs> So less than three so, hours? Yes. Wow. So I'm going to start with you, Matt. Is getting fired on your birthday the worst thing that could happen to you on your birthday? Yeah, I, maybe. Like, this, you're getting fired from your potential dream job of playing in the NFL. That's pretty brutal. I hope to goodness that the media team was not on the same page as the head office because – there's no way they should have been sending that happy birthday if they knew he was getting cut later that day. This is a bad look for the Packers. You, you can't wait one more day to cut the guy just so it's not on his birthday. I don't love it. It's business. Do what you got to do, but I feel for this guy. This is why the Green Bay Packers social media team is ranked 32nd in the league, right? <laughs> um, right with their special teams. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> So how did they announce that he was cut? Was it posted on Twitter? Was it just on the Packers app? Said, was happy it ESPN? birthday, you're cut. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> I feel bad laughing. That, I'm just curious how they, like, announced it because was it literally his birthday tweet and then there's, like, maybe one or two tweets in between and the next thing is so-and-so has been cut. Like, that is so sad. That's um, brutal. I hope for his sake that he gets another call on his birthday because that would be great. Yeah. But, like, Maybe a birthday cupcake or something. Yeah, I. I He's mean, gonna need something to make him feel. A as long bit as better. it's not like green and gold. As long as it's not like a green and gold <laughs> cupcake, because then I'd be salty and I'd be like, I don't even want to eat this cupcake. You know what I mean? Like, that would suck. Poor guy. I feel bad for yeah, him. Somebody that, pick him up. That's pretty rough. <laughs> that's not nice, Packers. That's a mean one. Next.
And the final one that I have here, uh, Darren Rovell tweeted that he was at a trading show. Uh, so like me, by the way. Trading card show. Cool. <laughs> in Chicago. Wait, is that the guy that had that big party? No. No. No, no, no. Who's the guy that had the big party, the trading card party? Oh, it might have been Darren Rovell. That, the white party. What's I, that guy's name? I have no idea. Come on, people. Work anyway, with me here. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> there was a Albert Einstein photo that was traded for two strands of Kurt Cobain's hair. What? Yeah. You okay. heard that right. An Albert Einstein type 1 photo. No idea what type 1 photo is. By the way, I didn't do a whole lot of research I'm assuming this. type 1 photo means like it was a photo that was taken during his time. Like it's really old. It's on that kind of photo paper. Okay. Alex Strofe coming in clutch, you guys. His name is Michael Rubin. I was at the white party. Ah, okay. Not Darren Robo. So no. <laughs> I want to know what would be the one celebrity that you'd be willing to trade something you currently have for two strands of their hair. Molly Brown? Easy, Matt Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you two strands of hair, Molly. They probably already fall out. One's gray. Um, Honestly, nobody. This is disgusting. Like, why would I want somebody's hair? No, I don't care about a celebrity enough to do that. Like... And I can just rip Matt Hamilton's hair out of his head right now if I wanted to. Like, nobody. Pass. I don't know. Interesting. You know, I would probably trade something for someone with, like, real historical significance. One of my favorite, like, historical people of all time is Nikolai Tesla. I would trade just about anything so for anything Tesla. Like, 70% of everything you interact with that's technology-related has some roots in Tesla's inventions. The guy is the father of the modern world of technology. Nikola Tesla is, like, my dream, like, celebrity to own something of his would be a great. So, yeah. What does his hair even look like? I'm going to look it up. short black hair. Yeah, so it's not even that distinctive. It's not like Kurt Cobain's, who's got this like dirty, long, greasy, I think for, grunge rock hair. I think for him, if you're gonna take Nikola, Nikola Tesla's Nikola, hair, it's yeah. gotta be like his mustache, mustache hair. Mustache hair, yeah. yeah I'm exactly. like looking at it, like. Uh huh. But that's so gross. What would you trade for it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the two things that I think are my most prized, uh, like memorabilia, autograph collections, is I've got a T-shirt and. Uh, uh, Edmonton Oilers t-shirt with Wayne Gretzky's signature on it. Okay. And I have a cool. Packers hat with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre signature on it. Cool. So I think one of those would be appropriate as far as, like, both of them are very cool. Where did you get that hat with their signatures on it from? Uh, I met Aaron Rodgers in 2018, and then I met Favre in 19, and I brought the hat both times. Molly, and I know you were – what? Did you notice that Matt didn't say one of his prized possessions was his gold medal? Oh, I, I was referring to memorabilia that I did not acquire on my own. See, so I was thinking he was going to say his gold medal too. Well, yeah, that's but then he said his autograph stuff. That's number one. I'm just going like memorabilia. If I've just got like a collection of sports memorabilia, I can't include my own. stuff. I was going to say in my mind too. I don't think you would ever give up your gold medal. No, never. So. Not even for Nikolai Tesla's mustache. Not even if I could have that mustache and rock that mustache. <laughs> I wouldn't do but it. But you say that because you already have a good mustache. What if you couldn't grow a mustache then? 
your answer might be different. It might be. I do not have the knowledge of electricity that that guy does. Hunter, tell me I'm the winner. I crushed Molly there, right? You're definitely the winner off of that one. I literally made a joke about I want Matt Hamilton's hair. Sorry, Molly. You can't beat with the father of electricity. Nikola Tesla, Matt Hamilton for the win. And you agree because you guys are alien eaters, weirdos. Yeah, alien eaters right here. (laughs) It was honestly, it was because of the Tesla right there. I didn't expect that to come. I like it when people bring up random people from history. So oh, Matt yeah, like Gerald right Ford trivia? <laughs> yeah, <Gerald> America's <laughs> favorite president, and it was the greatest segment of Wilde and Tausch trivia. You can go back and listen to that on Wisconsin On Demand or wherever you get your podcasts, by the way. It was brilliant, and Jesse Nelson was just jealous that he didn't come up with it, so he suspended me for two weeks, but I'm not bitter about it at all. Not at all. Not at all. I can't even hear the bitterness through the... Stay through the tuned to hear more of the bitter hunter... Uh, at the Everlight Solar Studios, this is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light, live from the Madison Greater Madison Golf Show. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Rutledge and Hamilton, Matt and Molly rolling on from the Greater Madison Golf Show at the Windsor Country Club. Beautiful day. Thank God we're still in the shade. I was a little bit worried. The sun was coming through at one point. I was like, oh, no, it's going to go right over us. But we're still in the shade. Got a little bit of a breeze. Yeah, it's, it's really nice out. Can't beat it. And if you do get a little too hot, the mountains are super blue at the Coors Light tent, so you can get delicious, refreshing refreshments mm-hmm. at the Coors Light Tent. If that is your bag, and if that's not your bag, check out some of the golf stuff. Go hit some golf clubs. We got long putt contests. We got long drive contests. We got a hole-in-one contest. All the different things you want to do with golf. Come on out. Lake Windsor Golf Club in Windsor, Wisconsin. Great time. Rolling on here. What are you going to do after the show? Are you going to go do the longest drive? Oh, you feel that breeze, though? Yes. Oh, my oh, God. So nice. <laughs> yeah, I do want to try and hit one long drive, see if I can't win it. Okay. And then Very confident. And then I'm heading home. I got to pack up. I got a big volleyball league tonight. I'm subbing for a friend. Volleyball league on a Friday? Yeah, That's it's not nice. my league. I'm subbing for them, so okay. it's, I'm not committed every Friday. And then I'm heading out of town. I got a little cabin trip, and then I've got curling training camp. Ironically, it is training camp season. Oh, it's that time of the year, huh? So that's why I'm going to be out for the second half of next week. First oh, half okay. is a cabin trip. Second half is training camp. Okay, I was wondering. All of a sudden, I get asked if I can come help Jim Rutledge do the show next week. And I'm like, well, where's Matt going to now? His, his <laughs> percentage has got to drop. Rate. Yeah, his, your percentage had to have dropped to like, I don't know, 65 yet? Are we? No, at? no, no. We're going to hover right at 70. That's the mark we're going to stick with. I think you're at 71. You're selling yourself yeah. short here. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, I'm a team player. So what is curling camp? Curling camp, so I, I explained a little bit about this yesterday. The Olympic Committee kind of decides how they allocate funding to different sports, like curling, skiing, this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the biggest and most important thing to get money from the Olympic Committee is you got to show that you're doing well at World Championships. And then after that, because some sports, uh, like, you know, there's not always studs from the United States, so, like, you can't necessarily only base it off of medals. They've got other things. Sometimes it's, like, performance in these 
they finish top 15, top 20, whatever, and then they get down to like physical attributes. Okay. Where you'll do like a combine. Like I'm gonna do combine things. How fast I've, is your four? I've got a high jump. I'm gonna do push-ups, sit-ups. There's different. Uh, there's pull-ups. There's different uh, strength things that we do. There's. It, it's like a, a a machine that can measure the force of like a kick out and curling. Oh. Like so when I like want to launch my leg back, they can measure that force, and then they do like a pacer test. You remember doing that in high school? That's the worst. You still have to do test. that? I do the beep test every single year. So then they'll, they'll show like, hey, look at all these curlers improved across the board. Give us money because we're getting physically better. So like that's kind of the reason behind this. Uh, a little bit of a dog and pony show, but it helps us get more money. It helps us continue to travel and curl and pursue Olympic dreams. So I'm not going to complain about it. And you get paid, right? Is, am I not supposed to ask that question? I mean, <laughs> we do we do a very little bit. Oh. Uh, I think it's like two hundred and fifty dollars a month for a curler from the Olympic Committee. Is it so only? I, I'm not living off it. <laughs> Is it only uh, Team Schuster that goes? No, no, no. Uh, they'll take the top three men's teams, top three women's teams, and then I think the week after they take the juniors. Okay. That's so cool. there's yeah there there'll be a let's see six teams of five. We have thirty athletes there. Nice. Hunter, do we have anything on the ESPN Madison talking text line? We do. We got a text from Pat and Madison wanting to know, would you rather eat E.T. or ALF? Honestly. What is ALF? ALF is like like a fuzzy alien from yeah, like the Muppet. Yeah, it was an 80s like, sitcom almost show. Like a, he's almost reminded me of the Muppets. He's not a Muppet, but he's... I'm Googling. Go Honestly, E.T. is ugly looking. <laughs> I don't think I can eat E.T., <laughs> That long finger? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like he's plus it doesn't look like there's any meat on the bone. Yeah, Alf it's all looks fat. like Alf, Alf has looks some like muscle. He might have Alf is nasty though. Alf just looks like an alien pig. I'd be like, give me some of that bacon. <laughs> give me that alien bacon. You have to shave him first, it looks like. Just throw him right on the grill. <laughs> the hair will burn right off. That is disgusting. A little bit of charge. Uh, yeah, I feel like <laughs> E.T. would be like eating a lizard. <laughs> you know? Like you tell me you want to eat that? <laughs> I'm literally looking at pictures right now. He's got a good gut. That's about it. Yeah. He's too cute to eat. Yeah, too look cute. At, yeah. When he's in the little you know, crate you on know the what bike. alien I think would be the most delicious, though? <laughs> Which Gro one? Grogu. Little Yoda, the one from The Mandalorian. <laughs> no, Baby Yoda? Yeah, Baby Yoda. Grogu, he would be the most delicious no, alien to eat. No, that is way it too sad. It would be sad. tough to eat him. But after I got past that, I think he'd be delicious with barbecue. That's sauce. disgusting. This has been Religion Hamilton. Presented by Coors Light. We're here at Lake Windsor Golf Club. Come check it out.